Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. WQAD Podcast Network. The Cities with Jim Mertens, a production of WQPT, PBS for the Quad Cities region, a podcast in partnership with WQAD. What's going on in the Quad Cities? Activities, events, fun, politics, sports, local issues and opinions. And now, your host, Jim Mertens. I'm Jim Mertens, and this is the Cities Podcast. The healthcare community in the cities comes together to find solutions to find the most pressing issues facing our health and well being. The Quad City Health Initiative spearheaded the latest community health assessment, looking at the needs in the cities, the successes, and the areas where our health is falling behind. We talk with Quad City Health Initiative Executive Director Nicole Karkner. So, Nicole, why is the community assessment even needed? You know, that's a great question, Jim. I'm happy to share with you a couple of thoughts on that. You know, the first is that the Quad City Health Initiative's mission is to create a healthy community. So in order to do that, it's really helpful for us to understand what the current health status is of our community and also what the health needs are of our community. We can do a better job in meeting our mission if we have that information available to us. Yeah, you can't fix the problem if you don't know what the problem is, is basically what you're saying. Exactly, exactly. Well, let's be honest, the biggest problem right now is COVID. Well, true, true. We certainly heard and saw that in the assessment this year, and we were expecting that that would be a big topic when we asked community members to tell us a little bit about what they thought was important. Uh, you know, certainly they mentioned COVID, and, and we heard that through the survey we conducted as well as through focus groups we held. Um, but I will say, too, that, you know, a number of the issues that folks mentioned this time in this 2021 study were also mentioned in prior studies. So there are still other health issues that are very important to the community. Well, absolutely. And, and sometimes, to be honest, I mean, you talk to public health workers, is that sometimes these other issues are, are put in, in the background because COVID so much, you know, monopolizing the healthcare system right now. But let's talk about one thing in particular. These health assessments that you've been doing are nothing new. It's almost 20 years of it. So I'm sure you're starting to see trends, and I want to talk about that. But one trend that really caught my eye is that the number of people saying their health is only fair or poor is actually up. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So now it is the case that most residents do say that their health is excellent, very good or good, right? So most people have a positive view of their health. But we do look specifically and we do track those that say that their health is fair or poor. And we have seen that number increase over time. So, you know, of course, that's of concern because we want to make sure that we are paying attention to those types of responses and and aware that, you know, while maybe the majority feel like their health is good, there's still a, a very large portion of the respondents who are, are saying, hey, you know, actually, I'm not sure my health is that good. And so we, we really do want to pay attention to those trends, too. And, and we did see that. I think it was uh, about 24.8% of total area adults this time 
said that their health was fairer poor. Yeah, but that's one in four. You know, and that, that is a pretty big number that would have some concern. And also, it kind of underlines that other thing. So we always talk about wage disparity, but there seems to be health disparity as well. There's the haves and the have-nots. Yes, that's true. So, you know, one of the other things that we've seen over time in conducting this assessment is that a lot of the conditions of our health are influenced by other conditions in our community, right? We talk about these things as the social determinants of health. So it includes things like income and education and where we live, the physical environment in, in which we live, all of those things influence our health. It's one of the reasons why we take a cross-sector view of health improvement, because we know that all sectors of our community have a role in creating health for us as individuals and also health of our community overall. So, you know, as we as we look at these trends and we think about those impacts, we are very aware that, you know, for sections of our community that may be experiencing challenges with employment or income, that that can over time have an impact on people's health. And so it's important for us to be thinking about all of the all of the ways, all the things in our community that influence our health. I know that also three years ago, last time I bothered you and asked you about the last assessment, we talked a lot about two different areas. One was mental health and services that are offered to the public. The second was healthcare for women um, and, and that there was so much need in that area. Well, let's start with, with women's health. Are there still major concerns that, that women are getting the treatments that they need? Has it improved at all in the last three years? Yeah, so, you know, we are able to look at a lot of indicators in our survey report and see how health status differs for different genders as well as different age groups. And we have other uh, demographic characteristics that we're able to look at. So that helps us to understand where there may be differences that people are experiencing. Uh, one of the things that we also look at is infant health and family planning. That's a category of the assessment. And that was identified again in this 2021 cycle as an area of opportunity. Uh, we did see that there were some women who were saying that they were having challenges obtaining pre or postnatal care. Uh, we also did see that there were indicators related to teen births that we, we want to look more at. Um, so certainly thinking about the health of women, the health of children is critical and planning for the future health of our community. And, and we'll be looking at that issue again a little bit more this year. And I think there's a brighter light being shown on mental health care these days, that, that, that it's not something to be you know, forgotten or dismissed. It, it is a major part of health care in the cities. Yeah, I'm so glad you say that, Jim, because, you know, one of the things that we have been trying to do through our work is encourage community conversations about mental health, uh, make it easier for people to feel that they can talk about mental health as part of their overall health. Uh, we did see again in the 2021 study that there were several indicators related to our community's mental health that are again areas of opportunity for us. And so we really want want to be continuing to encourage that dialogue, encourage that conversation. You know, if folks are experiencing symptoms of depression or even symptoms of stress, which, you know, we know over the last year and a half, everyone oh has been feeling stress. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's important to feel that folks can talk about that, share that information and, and hopefully be able to 
find treatment if needed. Well, of course, we always want to know, you did the study, now what? I mean, how do you progress from that? But let me ask you that question in a different way, is that you did the study in 2018, what was accomplished since then, and what can you build upon now? Sure. No, that's that's a really important question. So this assessment is a collaborative effort of seven organizations, our health systems, our health departments, our community health care, federally qualified health center, the Quad City Health Initiative. And so what we do is we use this information to inform our plans as organizations and as partners. After the 2018 assessment was completed, we actually wrote health improvement plans that identified, actually it was nutrition, physical activity and weight, uh, mental health and access to health care as three priority health issues. And so since that time, all of the partners that are party to the health assessment process have been working through their organizations and in coalitions in the community on various health improvement tactics. So for the Quad City Health Initiative, for example, for the nutrition physical activity category, uh, we've been working for a number of years with a community coalition called Be Healthy QC. And we've been continuing over the last couple of years to share information about nutrition and physical activity resources that are available to community members to hopefully highlight and spotlight some of the, the programs that are available that people can participate in uh, to encourage people to do things like go outside for a walk on a trail. Uh, we have a wonderful resource we developed a few years ago called qctrails.org. And over the last couple of years, we've been continuing to grow that resource and also encourage people to access that information, uh, find out where they can go for a walk and, and perhaps have a new view of the quad cities that they haven't seen before and, and also get some physical activity into their day. So this health assessment really is foundational to the planning work that we do and it helps to inform then the types of projects that we're able to create together. I think you do point out something interesting because you say, you know, people can make access of these walking trails. They can get exercise. They can go see a doctor or a dentist or a, a mental health clinician. It sounds like it's really the onus is on all of us as individuals, but I think in so many ways you want to point out, especially since you have such a broad band of suppliers and participants in this uh, assessment, that there is help out there for people who need to make healthy choices or to get a check on their health. Yes, absolutely. You know, one of the things that we did hear as we talked with community members in this assessment process is that folks are looking for information. They are, you know, eager to know what sources of information or education are available and sometimes just need some assistance to, you know, figure out where to connect with that information. So we certainly are eager to try to make that information more available to the community. You know, again, through the Be Healthy QC Coalition as one example, uh, the group has assembled a resource guide that we have available on our Quad City Health Initiative website as just a starting place where people can go to get information about programs and activities related to nutrition, physical activity. So with those sorts of efforts where we're trying to highlight or showcase what's available or, you know, consolidate information to make it more accessible to community, uh, we hope are really important and valuable to the community at large. Quad City Health Initiative Executive Director Nicole Karkner.
Thanks for listening to The Cities with Jim Mertens. And watch The Cities Thursday nights at 7, Sunday afternoon at 4, and Monday night at 6 on WQPT, PBS for the Quad Cities region. WQAD Podcast Network.